Show Podcast, Unknown Secrets of Internet Marketing. My name is Chris Burris, owner of eWebStyle. I am Charles Lewis, your internet marketing specialist. Welcome back to another fun-filled edition of our podcast. This is podcast number 277. And uh, as always, we have a tip from our previous podcast, and that tip is use PPC research when optimizing your, I don't know why that seems so difficult to say, use PPC research when optimizing your website. I was like looking for another word. Like, like, okay. it, what's, where's the confusing word that he's stuck on? Exactly. But look, PPC research is one of the easiest ways to kind of research your keywords that you plan on optimizing for. That way you can put a little budget on it, figure out how they convert, figure out which words are bringing in the most traffic. More importantly, you can even test meta descriptions and things like that by creating ads and see which one of those converts. And if you're high converting ads, you're high converting keywords, that's what you optimize with, then those are the same information you use in your meta description. Use PPC for research for SEO, it really works. Valuable tool. Remember, we're broadcasting live from Houston and we are your friendly neighborhood. Top position snatchers! Where our mantra is... Don't be a douche. Do not be a douche. So oh, we have. Man. Some good article today that we're... we're man, got a great about. article, man. Punch in the face to Michael. I'm going to say Giorgio um, over at Search Engine Journal. Seven things content creators do to create share-worthy content. So we're still on our whole content um, focus for what we've been on for the past few podcasts. Yep. Seven things. So we'll get into these seven things in a pretty good article. Excellent. Uh, if you are in a position to, if you have the equipment, and we know you do, yeah, I know you do. Now is the time to tweet, and you should tweet. You should tweet us hashtag SEO podcast. Uh, be sure to tag us in it at Best SEO Podcast at eWebStyle. That way we can follow you back and do all of our social networking stuff. Yep. So uh, we're gonna skip our section today. Yeah, so we got we got ten new mm-hmm. Twitter followers. So what this is is we have a little segment about uh, how you could leave us a review. We cut that segment out if we get ten or more increases in our followers or whatever you want to call them uh, for Twitter. And actually, I'm going to start keeping track of the other Twitter one. Did you see what our best SEO podcast Twitter account is at? Wow. 1,600 people following us on the Best SEO Podcast, our Twitter account. Uh, and we've got uh, 819 on our main one. Uh, it's kind of not really our main one, right? I know, right? Uh, and that was an increase of 10. <laughs> so, Ironically. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we're going to skip that section. We will remind you that there are lots of ways you can haunt us, stalk us, harass us. And, and we actually like that, so, yeah. so please Stalkers, do. Stalkers, haunts us, harasses. They start with Facebook.com slash. eWebStyle. YouTube.com slash. eWebStyle. Twitter.com slash. eWebStyle. Instagram.com slash. eWebStyle. You know what's interesting? I was practicing this last weekend. Yeah? eWeb results doesn't really oh, fit there. wow. Man, I don't know. We're going to... Yeah. Maybe just eat. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I couldn't. E-web res- I was like. Twitter.com slash eWeb results. And I think you just got to like. <laughs> we're just going to hammer results. It's going to be like a nail and the hammer is going in every time. That's the only thing because nothing else matters. matters. Exactly. All right. If you are P- PHP genius or WordPress uh, guru, guru. Uh, we're probably looking for you. Uh, go ahead and submit an audio resume. 713-510-7846. Um, we do have a free website analysis. If you go to our website, which, yep. what's our website? eWebStyle.com. For now. For now. Yeah. <laughs> and you go there, you will find a website analysis form if you are in a well, hurry. Well, frankly, always, because they'll be redirected. Yeah, that's true. We're not going to, yeah. it's not going to disappear. <laughs> e-webstyle.com, not found. 
will mm. not happen unless there's an, an, a but mistake. Not on purpose. Let it, yeah, let us know if that happens. Um, and I do we have, we got Algo Cat. Guess yeah, Algo Cat. I think you told me that. So now for the segment <laughs> of the podcast, the algorithm cataclysm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So we missed yeah, out yeah. with the sound effect on the hangout. <laughs> our, our visual effect. So we got two pieces. Oh, of- by the way, we are doing a Google Hangout right now. So this is being broadcast live. What we pushed up, you'll probably see, we're gonna have to figure out how we get it into the right YouTube account and all sorts and of all stuff. of that kind of stuff. And anybody who happens to be watching live right now, who follows us on Twitter, which is probably like one of you guys, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I just tweeted out our Hangout link. So so click that and then hit me with some feedback. You know, let me know. Our, our initial impression is that the video quality is significantly better. Maybe mm. the audio quality is probably decreased. Because it's, it's coming not going from through the mixer. It's going through the, the yeah. Surface Pro mic, which is probably still pretty good. <laughs> exactly. So in today's Algo Cat, man, let's start with Bing. Right. Yep. So Bing is continuing down the path of mobile search, and they're rolling out its own mobile-friendly algorithm. Now, they did release some criteria on what they determined to be mobile-friendly. Right. right. They said as long as the site has a, a great navigation on a mobile device, um, that the readability is there, the, the scrolling capability is functional, and, um, and it's compatible with most devices, which is similar to what Google was offering. Um, the difference, right. the big difference here is, is being made it plain. They made it a purpose to mention that sites that aren't mobile-friendly will still rank if they feel like the content is good enough is worthy and so whereas google is saying look if this site's not mobile friendly we're not going to show it period right and so i think that's a huge difference yes um so especially with larger smartphones i mean uh, we've always made yeah. the argument that they're usually good enough to, sh- to show, show on show a the full size website yeah, you switch it to the landscape and then all and of a zoom sudden- it, double tap and it <laughs> zooms into the the main um mm-hmm. column content area yeah exactly then my second um uh, algorithm cat man is google phantom New algorithm update, new name. And it's not, I won't say new because Google hasn't published anything about this. I got this information from NBC actually related this and they had a team of researchers following sites and doing some updates. So Google's rolling out a new update called Phantom and it's targeting uh, how-to content. So all of these sites that are filled with how-to articles and how to do this and how to do that. Uh, But most of those sites, unfortunately, have thin, non-relevant content. Um, You start thinking about all those how-to wikis and e-wikis and this and that that really don't have any value. They're used to just build links. Right. Uh, Yeah. So hopefully creating those kind of thin articles and posting them in those places is not part of your SEO strategy because if it is, um, yeah, it's not going to work too much longer. Right. And that's my algo. Cool. Algo cat is done. All right. So we've got a little bit of news. Um, you, I know you've got a little bit of news. I just wanted to mention this. So Google Fi, so kind of Wi-Fi, Google Fi, mm-hmm. uh, it's combining the Sprint. So really Google's getting into the mobile network game, exactly. uh, mo- cell phone game, and uh, they're partnered with Sprint and T-Mobile. You know, right? Same, mm-hmm. same, same uh, CDMA yeah, same uh, c- technology. Uh, and uh, and then a, a million free Wi-Fi hotspots. So it's they're going to push you push as much content as they can off onto Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. which cell phones aren't inclined to do because they want you to use their cell phones. You know, you know, um, like Sprint wants you to be on their network because if you use more data on their network, then, then they, they get they to charge, charge you more. more. Exactly. And Google's more about getting out content. And I read a couple articles today about how. One of the differentiators between like where Apple is, where Microsoft is, and where Google is, is Google is well down the path of being a carrier, mm-hmm. right? Whereas Apple is still just the 
you know, a it device. used to be the best device on AT&T or the best device overall, and it was only on AT&T, mm -hmm. and that gave AT&T a huge a boost. Huge for the first for the iPhone 1 through yep. 4, I think it was, exactly. or 3 or something. So, yeah, so Google's ahead of the game actually getting into the controlling that. Um, Which borderline scares me, only because you know what Google does with content. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a good scary. Yeah. Because you know what they do with information. They use it to sell you stuff. Yeah. So, now, ironically... My phone and most devices do this as well. Anytime there's an available Wi-Fi spot, it gets on that network, yeah. and therefore I'm not using my data plan, which which kind of works, which also makes sense for Sprint to do that kind of deal. Right. Right. If people are jumping off of data and onto the next available Wi-Fi, any chance they get, why not partner with the company who's providing the Wi-Fi? Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. And then finally, I thought uh, Google self-driving cars had 11 accidents over, I don't know, the last three years, six years, something. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, they said they were all not their fault. And one of my concerns is, like, we all know the stereotypical little old lady who stops in the middle of the street for the kitten and gets rear-ended. It's not her fault, but, but it's, her fault. it's entirely her fault, yeah. right? And so I'm wondering how that fits in there. And they're actually being a little uh, tight-lipped about the details of, of the accidents and stuff. And so um, it'd be nice to see a little bit more transparency. Yeah, I think the thing is, you know, if you're, if you're in a car and it's being driven by Google... Uh, do not drive under any bridges, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or anywhere where you might lose a signal because you. If, if your nav has to buffer, yeah, or you might just slow down, yeah, and you don't want to do that on I ten. Mm -mm. No, you do not want to slow down on I ten. You will get rear-ended, and despite whose fault it is, you could die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so now we've got you. Got a little bit of news. Got a little news as well. <laughs> Talking about Google and then driving, ironically. Yeah. Uh, so remember, last no, two weeks ago, we brought in our algo cat that now Google was allowing people to place orders for like restaurants and things like that from the Google search result page. Well, they've taken it a step further and actually signed partnerships with different delivery companies um, across the country. I think it looks like they're starting in some select cities right now. Yeah. Um, Not but Houston. Boom. Boom. Fourth largest city. We yeah, should have. Come on. What's up with that? You got like some places that don't even matter. Exactly. Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> and so what's interesting is now when you go to Google, you do a search for your favorite restaurant. If they're in that network, then you can order. Google will allow you to choose how you want it delivered. And then it'll redirect you to the website where you can finish your order. So I think the key here for all my listeners or viewers or watchers or who, who may be in the restaurant business, right? Uh, Google hasn't released what criteria they're looking for to make sure these restaurants fit the mold. But I can say um, that most likely it's going to be content related. Yeah. And so make sure that your site is updated, that is mobile friendly, that you have your menu posted, that you have an option for people to order online. Because if people can't order online, then it can't be delivered. Yeah. So those type of things you're going to want to make sure you have. Schema markup is going to be important so yeah. Google can easily identify your location so start working on that all my restaurant tours yes restaurant tours no one restaurant tours yeah. restaurant tours make sure you're working on that because um, it's coming and let's see my other news was um, oh in regards to YouTube and how-to videos so dig this um, <laughs> how-to searches on YouTube are up 70% from this time 70%, last year Wow a hundred million hours of how-to videos have been watched on YouTube. So not uploaded, actually watched. watched. Yeah. In, in 2015. So we're talking January through what's May 15th. Right. So the first five months, a hundred million hours of how-to videos. 
And Chris asked the question earlier, what would we have done <laughs> without yeah. these yeah, how-to prior, videos? Yeah, prior to how-to videos, we're like, okay, we break a lot of stuff. We hire a lot of handymen. <laughs> we a whole bunch of trial and error. Yeah. Oops, we're going to need a new toilet seat. Because <laughs> we just broke it. Didn't yeah. know how to install it and broke it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's my news. That is not a removable clip, clip <laughs> apparently. <laughs> All right, so we got, we've got we got a little bit of uh, reviews here, so you notice no tattoos. Mm-hmm. First one is from Facebook, and it is Fastos. Although I get a bit lost on the tech talk, it's awesome exposure to the lingo and theory of SEO. The podcast is even more fascinating if you've never considered optimizing your online presence and until recently didn't even know you were supposed to. <laughs> so, Sean Mooney... Punch, Punch in, in the, the face, face to you. And uh, thank you for the five-star review. And I'm glad you now know that you are supposed to, <laughs> to optimize your website. I get, and, and, you know, there's a lot of people who's like, if you build it, they will come. And that's not the case. That is no longer the case. Mm-mm. Next, this one is from Goldie Rutherford. It is also five-stars. Wipe those tears off your face. <laughs> your podcast is exactly what I needed to start building my confidence and understanding of the crazy world of SEO. What's up? And the game gave us a tiff. Mr. Goldie Rutherford, Mrs. Goldie Rutherford. Awesome. I'm guessing. Yeah. I got a couple of patiffs as well if you want to get into those. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, awesome. So this first patiff goes to Brian Nani. Hit us up on Twitter. He's at Brian Nani. He says, I'm at eWebStyle, my new listener today. Y'all are goofy and funny, but educational. Hashtag I dig it. <laughs> I'll definitely continue to tune in. Hashtag SEO podcast. Dude. Punch, Punch in the, in the face, face to you. We are. I'm. I'm funny. He's goofy. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm and cool together we're educational. <laughs> <laughs> so get this. This is educational right now. Funny plus goofy <laughs> equals educational. educational. Only when you're dealing with a hashtag SEO podcast. Don't try that. Don't try that school. anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last punch in the face goes to uh, man Aaron Ralph Thomas over at Your World uh, uh, Video Production, a longtime podcast listener. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Yeah. He hit us up, said he's listening and learning to hashtag SEO podcast 274. So he's a three few weeks back um, at Best SEO Podcast, at EWF Southern, at Chuck. He's actually may come visit us live uh, in a couple weeks. Uh, punching the face to Brian Horn and the mastermind group they have going on. And so uh, we're going to see if we can work some out with those guys. Excellent. All right. So that is the potatoes of the podcast. Let's uh, let's get directly into the meat. Awesome. I think uh, I think it's Thai chicken today. Thai chicken. I think the meat is Thai, <laughs> thai chicken, chicken today. Awesome. Haven't had Thai chicken in a while. Here we go. So, um, so <laughs> punching the face to Michael Giorgio over at Search Engine Journal posted this article, Seven Things Content Creators Do to Create Shareworthy Content. And, and I can really appreciate this article because I just, I just posted a, a, a post yesterday. Yeah. Uh, uh, post an open letter to the NBA, and it's a long, lengthy post, and I've done tons of research and tons you of articles. Good graphics. Made I mean, graphics, great, everything. Yeah. It took me six weeks to make this post. Um, and so when I came across this article, he actually discussed some of the processes that I went through. And so, so let's dive right in. I like how he starts it. He says, coming up with shareworthy content is difficult. The problem is everyone else is doing it. And he's absolutely right, especially in, in various industries. Everyone has competitors. Everyone has people who are doing the same thing you're doing, trying to get the same clients you're trying to get, trying to get the same social media views you're trying to get. And so the, the competition is who's creating the best content. And so um, he came up with these tips to help people create better content. Uh, number one, what? he says um, ideation. 
right? And this is an important step. A lot of people skip. He goes on to say, you can't pluck content ideas out of thin air. You need to set aside some time for some ideation. Your content marketing team needs to brainstorm ideas for your next content piece. And he's absolutely right, right? Don't just sit down and say, I'm going to start writing and then start writing. And I'll be done in one hour. Yeah. Mm. You, know, you probably you will be. take you to write Six that? weeks. Six weeks. <laughs> and you probably will be done in one hour and it won't be viral. It won't get shared. It won't have any value. And frankly, it'll probably be thin content and get you a panda penalty. And so so don't do that. A panda but, black eye. Exactly. You want to, you want to, what I added here was consider your products and services first, right? During this ideation process, Consider what you offer, what you sell, the service you provide, and what kind of content can you create around that? Because at the end of the day, you're still in business to sell your product or provide your service. Um, second thing you may want to do in ideation is uh, review your recent client issues. Right. Right. So maybe you provide a service or a product and you've had some interactions with clients. Uh, take those interactions and figure out what type of content you can create and publish and share with your existing client base and others so that way you won't have those issues anymore. And finally, maybe there's some current events or things like that that's going on that are relevant to your industry. Like maybe you're a plumber and everybody knows that the, the super huge uh, water heaters, they're phasing those out, right? Because right. they, they don't, they're too big to fit through most attics. And so if you're a plumber and you have a whole bunch of those in stock, then you should write an article <laughs> that talks about that and why they're doing it and close it with why they need to buy the rest of them from you because you still have them. Right. That sort of deal. And so figure out what's going on in your business, <clears throat> excuse me, and use that when during your ideation process, when you're coming up with ideas to write about. I'm gonna add a pro tip for ideation. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you're ideating mm -hmm. all the time, right? All so, the, exactly. so take some notes, keep a notebook with you. If you're responsible for that for the content for your company uh, or multiple companies, keep mm -hmm. a notebook. And so you may come up with an idea that goes under something you've already come up with mm -hmm. an idea. So it's water heater, and then you're like, oh, it Take won't fit water. through the attic, mm -hmm. right? So and then the next it. is save energy, right? You so know that, what? that comes to you the next day. Let me give a punch in the face to Kelsey Ruger, um, <laughs> uh, old, old boss of mine, yeah. still a good friend of mine. Um, and one day it was, we were at a previous company. We were exchanging Christmas gifts. He gave me a box, with a small little um, uh, box, and it had index cards, and Sharpies. Right. And so what he says is anytime, Chuck, you get an idea, write it on the card, put the card in the box. Right. Right. And then anytime you get another idea, write it down the card, put it in the box. Yeah. Anytime you get an idea that's related, pull out that card, add it. Yeah. He says after six months, go to your cards. And if you got a card in there that's written front and back, got all kind of ideas and stuff on there. You might want to pull that out the box and begin to look into what you can do. An to, article or any, exactly. or wrap. Or a new wrap or, yeah. or a new product or a new service or whatever. Yep. You know, and so um, ideation is key. Yeah, yeah write it ongoing. down. The key, but you, the key is writing it down yep. and getting it out your head. Definitely. Yeah, maybe. And often, you know, how many times have you been about to go to sleep here and you have like 18 oh. ideas? Man, I've put together so many great inspirational speeches while I'm about to go to sleep. <laughs> And then and I've and I've given them. Yeah. <laughs> and then I wake up and I'm like, hmm, I got yeah. yeah I don't even know. Yeah. Got nothing. Should have written something <laughs> down. Exactly. I should have reached over to my phone and recorded myself. Yeah. Or did something. That's what I do because I I drive. I don't commute from work to home, and I find myself turning my audio recorder on and freestyling. Yeah. Because I come up with ideas for raps and yeah. when I'm driving. That's so, awesome. Ironically, number two. 
True. After ideation, he says, focus on titles, right? So now you've created your idea. You know what you're going to go to. Uh, focus on titles. And he's right here. He says, your titles need to be irresistible and viral. This is important because your content will compete with lots of other content, and a great title will help ensure your target audience clicks on the link. He's absolutely right. That title is extremely important. If people don't um, see your title, they don't recognize the title, don't worry about it. Okay. If they don't... Uh, you know, make them want to click on it, then they're not going to click on it, frankly. And so I'll, I'll add this to it. Uh, not only focus on the titles, but develop several titles. Bounce them around your audience. Bounce them around different people in your office. See what type of engagement, what type of emotional um, attraction these titles create. Does it make somebody want to say, oh, what is this? Or does it deter somebody like, no, I'm not really interested? Figure out what those titles are. Keep your keywords in mind when coming up with those titles because at the end of the day, that title is likely going to be H1. It's going to be what shows in the Google search result page. And it's necessary to have a good, great title. A good, great title. Yeah. Yeah. So so make sure you... It's uh, better than a great title. It's a good, great title. Yeah. <laughs> and so titles are important. As opposed to a bad, great title. Bad, great <laughs> title might be good. Still, it's still good. It's actually good. So... Yeah, what he said. We got to take it up a notch. That's all we're saying. <laughs> um, keep your keywords in mind and keep your areas in mind, too. So a lot of information goes in the title. Keep the title length in mind. As great as you want it to be, understand that Google is going to truncate it once it gets past about 55 characters. And so keep that in mind. Focus on titles is number two. Number three, he says, uh, research. If your content doesn't come across as well researched, it loses all credibility in the mind of your readers. Yeah. And he's absolutely right. Like, at the end of the day, we all read content and we know when it's some BS yeah. and we know when we it's know probably when, fashion. We know thin content. Exactly. Like, okay, you forced this, you was bored, you didn't have nothing to do, and so you posted this. Right. And you didn't do any research. And you didn't do process. any research. Or worst case scenario, you post something that I actually know about. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and you wrote some bullshit. You wrote some BS. <laughs> and then now, now I'm blasting you because you posted this erroneous BS content. And so instead, do your research. So what I added to this was uh, you should be able to prove uh, what you're saying and not only prove what you're saying, but then display the proof. How do you display the proof? Outbound links, credibility sources. So maybe you pulled an image from somewhere, you know, link to where you got that image from. Give them a shout out. Hey, this image came from such and such publication on this date with the link. And so that way, when people read these stats and different numbers and things like that, you've actually provided a source to back up your argument. And the only reason you wouldn't want to do that in some cases would be is if you're already the authority. And so people just kind of believe what you're saying and you have a track record of always providing quality content. Right. Then you become that authority and people begin linking to you. And so but if you're not that authority yet uh, and even when you are, because even authoritative sites, they still link out right. to their research and to their resources. And, and should. And research is so important. This is a, a, a great example uh, we're just about to launch a, a, a website, which is Pediatric After Hours, Almost an Emergency. Basically, it's a book that a pediatric doctor wrote, and uh, he's, we're now we're responsible for turning it into an app. Mm -hmm. We submitted it. It uh, went straight through Google. That's just how their process is. And Apple came back and said, where did this medical information come, come from? from? Um, which is interesting because 
the submitter is a doctor and you know it should be pretty clear if you did it but we still had to write you know it came from a doctor who's been a board certified pediatrician for 40 years etc 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 so yeah research and then documenting where that research came from yeah outbound links image credits and even social commentary right because a lot of times we'll do research based off of what we've heard news broadcasters or people bigger names or bigger brands have said and so um, include that in your research include that in your content so so people can see from a from a user perspective it builds that credibility from an seo perspective these are outbound links relevant outbound links that 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 uh support your content and so um, it's a win-win when you do the proper research number four four he says take the time Take the time. He says, um, a great piece of content needs a lot of effort and time. Shareworthy content isn't fast food. You must offer your target audience a fine dining experience, and it'll take time to cook up a meal your audience will enjoy. Dude, I love that. You probably need a couple sous chefs also. Exactly. Right? You need, that in there. Yeah, you need some appetizers, you know, all People want to enjoy the content, yep. and and I think comparing it to a, a fine dining experience is is, is exactly right. Because with fast food, huh, yeah, it served a purpose. I was really really hungry at the time, but and I regretted it. My belly's full, <laughs> but I regretted it. Yeah. It cost too much. It was extremely greasy, and it really wasn't that tasty. It and just satisfied a purpose. And as full as my stomach is, I'm it's be, now upset. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I'll be hungry really shortly. Yeah. And so, but meanwhile, fine dining experience, you had a chance to sit, you had a chance to talk, you ate an appetizer, you had a great meal, you maybe had a dessert, you followed up with a cigar, a cup of coffee, great conversation, you know, that sort of deal. And your content should be the same way. People should read your content, share your content, reread your content. Oh, hashtag that. I like that. Call somebody else. Hey, did you see this? You know, they should, frankly, rip your content off. They should copy it and try to repurpose it and use it for theirs because it's that good they should talk about your content while they're having a fine dining experience exactly good one and so and so your content should do that and i'll add this to it as you as you work on this content um give it some structure right just like any other piece of content it needs an opening it needs a body it needs a closing uh keep your ctas involved keep your target demographic involved and so that way when you're when you're taking the time (laughs) to create this content and post it it has some structure that people can follow that people are used to following and and that way they'll be more inclined to share it number five five he says uh get feedback right he says once your first draft is ready pass it around as different people from the marketing team to take a look at it. And uh, I agree, right? Anytime you're going to post it, uh, let people review it. Let people review it. Right. Especially people in your office let, in different positions, right? Let the marketing person look at it. Let the salesperson look at different it. Different perspectives. Exactly. Yeah. Let the customer service person look at it. Let the receptionist look at it. Let the boss look at it. Let That's your a, best customer look at look, it. Exactly, because they'll give you honest feedback, and that way you'll get results. Like with the article I posted. Yep. I posted it, right? I shared it with you. He pointed out a quick error, you know. <laughs> in this long article, like one thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it was more than that. So with that, I posted it. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I got I got reports from three of my closest friends. Right. That, hey, you need to change this or change this or change that. Tweak and that, so yeah. I was able to make those tweaks. And and that feedback loop is important when you're posting content. And so do that. Get that feedback. And when you're getting feedback, um, I, I added get specific. 
feedback, yeah. right? If you want to want this to work, if you want it to have um, um, some some girth to it, then get specific feedback. For example, on the, maybe the type of images, right, or or the tone of voice this content is using, or maybe the length of this video yeah. or this post or or this infographic. Is this infographic too complex or is it too simple? Right. right? Get specific feedback based on the type of content you're producing, and so that way you can make the proper adjustments. Number six. six. Number six, he says, uh, strive for excellence, right? Mundane content doesn't get shared. <laughs> so your job is to create high quality content that is absolutely unique. He's right. How many articles have you read that you felt were frustrated because you wasted your time? Yeah. I've read through plenty of articles like, okay, why did I read that? I will never get this 90 seconds back in my life. Yeah. And this article was, they didn't do the right research. It was erroneous and blah, blah, the blah. The only thing I appreciate is they actually had subheadings so I could it's recognize that I did not want to read it. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so what I added to this is pretty simple. At the end of the day, if you wouldn't share it, don't post it. Yeah. Plain and simple. If you know you would read it and you wouldn't share it, then don't post it. Yeah. Go back, re-edit it, redo it, keep adding, improve it to the point where you would be glad to share it. Then post it. Of course, after you've got some feedback from your team and tested and did all of those other things. Number seven, and this is the last one. He says, um, take steps to improve the visibility. Um, your target readers aren't just going to stumble across your content. You need to take the steps to ensure your content reaches your audience. And he's absolutely right. You got to promote it. Right after you spent all this time creating this article or this piece of content, whatever it is, after you've tested it, after you've gotten feedback and, and now you've done these things, um, now you need to make sure people can find it. You need to share it. You need to make sure it's optimized. You need to make sure that when people are looking for something remotely similar to it, that they have a chance of finding it. You have to promote it. And so one of the things I added was reach out to specific people. Like what I did with my post, I got a circle of friends who love the NBA just as much as I do. And so I immediately went to them first. Yep. Dudes, check this article out. And I got a lot of feedback from those guys. And so do that. And then what did they do? They turned around and shared it with their network of people who they watched games with. Right. And I'm hoping that that process continues. And so, so take some steps to improve the visibility, even if, I think the pro tip is, even if it's a manual process. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it's okay to copy and paste this link to 20 different tweets to 20 different people if you got to do that. Yeah. And in fact, the one-to-one -one contact is where you see the most results. Exactly. Uh, that's that's what we see, you know, for our lunch and learn. Mm -hmm. uh, you put out a broad swath, like, oh, there's an event on Facebook, great. But when I reach out to individuals individual and people, say, hey, hey, are you going to come to this? Uh, it's a totally different story. Yeah, it's a more personal approach. It's an invite. I'm looking for your opinion. And when you share that people that you actually care about what they have to say about what you're producing, um, then they'll likely respond accordingly. In his conclusion, he says, truly successful content creators take great pride in their work and feel an innate sense of responsibility towards their readers. And he's absolutely right, man. Be proud of your work. If you're going to take the time to write it, take the time to produce it and publish it, be proud of it. Put it out there. That's my child. Yeah. Right? You asked me about my daughter. She plays AAU basketball right now. He'll talk for 25 minutes. Man, look, and I'll pull out my phone and show you free throw videos, dribbling videos, passing videos, highlight steals. Progress. <laughs> yes. This is when she first was taking free throws. Look at her now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here's what we're about to work on. Like, I'll be proud of this content. And so you should do the same with yours. Brag on it. Don't hide it. And so... Um, 
Yeah, seven things content creators do to create share-worthy content. Dude, punch in the face to you, Michael Giorgio. I, I feel like I'm screwing that up. Giorgio. We'll go with, yeah, Giorgio. Yeah. So, <laughs> punch in the face to you, dude. Great article. Uh, we'll share this on Facebook and, and put it on our blog. Cool. I think, uh, I think we got a little bit of what, right? Yeah, we got some what. What? Yeah, so this what news goes to Yahoo Mail. Now, ironically, <laughs> I haven't logged in since football season ended. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and I'll log back in when fantasy football starts over again. But, so, a colleague of ours, though, logged into Yahoo Mail, looked up, and Yahoo Mail on the right sidebar are displaying Google Ads. Re, was it retargeting ads? Or just well, it Google, was just it was Google, Google Ads, ads yeah. and since we were a remarketing campaign, we saw some of our clients in his Yahoo in mail. In his Yahoo with mail. With the Google Ads. With the Google Ads. I it, thought Yahoo had a relationship with Bing. Bing. Exactly. Okay. And it, so th- this is why Yahoo gets this what? Because I we, we're, we're baffled as to why Yahoo would have a partnership with Bing but be displaying Google Ads. Yeah. My guess is search volume. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. There's not as many people putting up ads for display through the Bing process. Or why does Yahoo feel it necessary to be trying to get AdSense dollars? Right, because yeah. if somebody does click that ad, Yahoo will get a cut. Yeah, that's how AdSense works. That's how display network works. But um, really, Yahoo, Google Ads, interesting. <laughs> it's an interesting decision. All right, that is our podcast. So if you're interested in growing your business with the t- with the largest, simplest marketing tool on the planet, the internet, call eWebStyle for increased revenue in your business. Our phone number is 713-592-6724. If you have a client who's interested in using the largest, simplest marketing tool on the planet, the internet, then uh, and you don't want to take care of them, send them to us. Uh, we'll do SEO for them. When they pay us, we pay you. A reminder, 7.30 Central Standard Time on Mondays Mm -hmm. uh, is the Creative Biz Ideas show, radio show. It's on Blog Talk Radio. I'm the co-host. I'm there with Nolan. He's a video. Punching the face to Nolan. Awesome video guy here in Houston. So we've kind of partnered on that podcast. It's his uh, podcast slash radio show. It's it's his baby. And he invited me to join. And I was like, yeah, I want to be working with you. Uh, remember, we were fil- filmed live at 5999 West 34th Street, Suite 106 in Houston, Texas. You guys have made us the most popular internet marketing podcast in the known universe everywhere. Thanks to you guys. Thanks for all the feedback. Keep the feedback coming. Keep the reviews coming. Yes. Even though I didn't give you directions today, you, <laughs> you know the page. E-Webstyle.com slash E-Web. G+. Oh, okay, yeah. Thank you. Just throw one out there. <laughs> I, was, um, I was saying it like, no, that's not right. You, yeah, it, we're all, it, you get out of sync and then you're out of sync. Um, thank you guys again. Until the next podcast, my name's Chris Burris. So, Lewis, bye-bye for now. Slightly raised up eyebrow, highbrow. Tamely, gamely, headed my way. Cool as mountain snow, girl, glow, girl. Pining, shining, needing some play. Where have you been all my life? Something pure yet so refined. I'm gonna find my gold mine. I think she's gonna set me free. Gold mine.